sister hadn't heard that song in forever god is good being a servant 
God's called you and I to be a servant. He says the work is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Boy, we see that, don't we? But thank God for the core group in this church. Because when someone's sick or someone can't make it or someone someone is going through something and, and they're, they're struggling right now, God has really blessed Caney Creek Cowboy Church. What we lack in finances, we make up in manpower. And I'm blessed to say that tonight. Amen. Being a servant of God, it's, 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 man, I didn't know I was going to have to study this hard when I became a pastor, but God said, study that show thyself approved. So I'm constantly trying to learn, and, and, and God just pouring into me, not only through other pastors, uh, other ministers, people who write books, but I learned from you too, and I'm blessed to say that tonight. I don't want to ever stand up here and say I know everything. Because I'd be a liar. You ought not act like you know everything either. You should have a willing spirit to be a servant of God, to learn every day. So, on being a servant of God, Warren Wiersbe. can't remember who gave me this book, but I'm thankful that I have it. Chapter 10 says this. If you had asked the people, if you had asked the Apostle Paul, what his goal was in serving God, he would have said this, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Paul says that his goal would be able to present every man and woman perfect. Perfect, say perfect. Perfect in Christ Jesus. So I looked up the word perfect in my studies. What I found to be a translation from that time would be to be mature. To be mature. Paul says it is his goal through his ministry, through his outreach, that people would mature. That they would grow up. How many times we see people today and, and we say, man, why don't you just grow up? How many men and women we seen in church today you say, grow up? Mature. Paul, man, what a great, great word. He says that we may present every man perfect, perfect, the word perfect means mature in Christ Jesus. Go with me to Colossians 1, 28. Colossians 1, Colossians 1.28 says this. So wherever we go, we tell everybody about Christ. We warn them and we teach them with all the wisdom of God has given us. For we want to present them to God perfect in their relationship in Christ. The word perfect, mature, mature. Man, if I was out here sitting next to you tonight, I'd say, I'm going to touch you and tell you to grow up. I'm going to touch you. If I'm in the back of the church and, and I'm talking to Brother Scott Jones, I say, Scott Jones, why don't you grow up? If I say, Miss Augusta, why don't you grow up? If I say, Brother Carl, why don't you grow up? Well, I might offend some people. 
I might get Tony mad at me if I say, girl, you need to grow up. But as we grow in our, in our walk with Christ, we got to put people's feelings to side sometimes. And as we teach these people the ways of God, we can't really worry about their feelings. I'm going to say that again. We can't really worry about their feelings. Miss Vicky put a little deal out on Facebook last week. says, I got to go get me a pedicure because Pastor Mark stepped all over my toes. <laughs> Growing up in Christ, I get my toes stepped on. Reading these books, watching different pastors preach the gospel, having some of you come to me with, 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 with burdens or something that I've done or something that I said. My wife sometimes coming at me and says, Baby, you need to... It ain't always good to hear. You don't want to hear it sometimes. But if we're to grow, sometimes we need to hear from people. We need to hear from God. Paul says, if I had one wish with my ministry, I had, if I had one thing I got out, I would pray that people would be mature, would be perfect, perfect in God's sight. If you had asked him to describe the work of the local church, Paul would have replied, for equipping, say equipping, for equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the identifying of the body of Christ, till, all, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect, mature, say mature. When I say perfect, you say mature. Perfect man or woman to measure of the status of a fullness in Christ. Fullness in Christ, what does that mean? That every day I'm serving him. Every day he's Lord of my life. How many of us started off a day without serving him and ended up feeling so empty that day? I've been there. I've done that. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you. There's days I've been there. I've done that. I, 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 I want to serve him to the fullest, but I forgot to include him in this, and I forgot to pray about that, and I jumped out there on the ledge and did this. God wants us to serve him to the fullest. When we open up businesses, when we enter into relationships with people, when we're, when we're with our wives, when we're with our kids, he wants to be in that. And you know when he's in that, he is the cup that runneth over. Uh, he is the cup that runneth over. Brother Don used to sing a song, drinking from my saucer cup. I can be without but have the fullest day. I cannot know where my next meals come but have plenty. When God fills you up, there ain't nothing like it. In spite of what some preachers say, some successful preachers say, God's goal for our life is not money, it's maturity. Who believes that tonight? God's goal for our church is not to be a financially rich and, 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 and have all the money to, to, uh, to uh, build big old cathedrals. And, and, and I, I remember, I'm going to pick on Scott tonight because he's on my heart, I guess. Scott, you need to listen. Uh, I'm just playing. Scott told me one time, we were putting in our, our driveway out here, and Scott told me, he said, Man, we need to put a fountain out here like Joel Osteen's got that shoots up over here and shoots up over there. And in the middle of the water is your picture and all this. Uh, Scott, can we do that? 
And I, he was just picking on me. He was, he was joking. But in all reality, God don't want our church to grow financially. And we're the richest church in Grangerland. He wants us to be rich in people, rich in love, rich in helping others, rich in reaching out to the poor, feeding and helping the sick. I didn't even know till today that Miss Glenda's husband passed away. Miss Gail's husband passed away. She told me at the back door, said, Pastor, my husband passed away on Wednesday. Brother Vic, we were just over there putting electricity in her yard, trying to keep him cool. He was sick. He just passed away. I'm so glad we got to do that. I'm so glad we got to make his last days. Danny and Allie, y'all were with me digging the ditch. I'm so glad we got to make his last days comfortable. Today, after we got through eating lunch, the phone rang. And it was Miss Cindy said, Pastor Mark, can you come over to my dad's house? Can you pray over him today? I was tired. I was wore out. But I knew that I needed to be rich in my spirit. I needed to pass on some of the blessings that God has given me. You're not understanding me? You're following me? God has blessed me, so I want to be a blessing to others. I told Mary, tell her we'll be there at 4 o'clock. Tell Cindy we'll be there at 4 o'clock. Me and Mary showed up over there at 4.30. We, we had trouble finding the place. We prayed over him. I said, Sammy, it's okay to go home. Sammy, God loves you. He's there waiting for you with arms stretched out. Before I walked into the doors, I just got a text. He took his last breath on earth and his first breath in heaven. He passed away within an hour of us being over there. Maybe he just needed that reassurance, Dave. Maybe he was hanging on for someone that's mature. Maybe something in your life is going to blow up and mature and grow when you begin to become mature and you begin to grow. I learned that a long time ago, Josh. If he can trust me with a little, he'll make me ruler over a lot. So I was, I, I'm reading this book and I'm studying and in spite of what some successful preachers say, God's goal for our lives is not money but maturity. Not happiness, watch this, not happiness but wholeness. Let me tell you and explain to you what wholeness is. That means to be complete no matter what situation you're in. How many are complete tonight? No matter what the devil throws at you, what the enemy throws and says and screams about you, you are whole tonight. How many know what wholeness means? How many know that empty feeling before Christ? When you didn't have a church family, when you didn't have anybody that cared about you, when you didn't have, have, have the promise of tomorrow, you only knew today. God says, I hold today and tomorrow. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is such a good God. And that's the wholeness of our life. When we enter into a relationship with him and he fills up that hole, I try to shove roping horses and money and rodeo and alcohol and drugs and women and all kinds of things. I try to shove in that hole, but I always felt empty. I thought I needed a new truck. I thought I needed a new home. I thought I needed money. I thought that we needed the best of this and the best of that. All that stuff just left me empty. 
It was when I got the wholeness and I asked the Lord to fill me up and come into my heart and take over the wholeness. He, he, he filled that hole in my heart. He'll fill that hole in your heart tonight if you let him. People been giving me the blues about a new truck. I told Brother Vic this yesterday. I said, man, everybody's jumping on me about having a new truck. Everybody's talking smack about my new truck, this, and that, and the other. Like I don't deserve it. Like I don't work hard for my money. Like I'm unworthy of God blessing me. To me, it's just a truck. And I'm going to knock a fender off out here someday. And a bull's going to run into the side of it. Or Mary's going to back into something because she's notorious for that. And it's going to get dents. And it's going to get deans. And it's going to get scratches. And it's going to have an oil leak one day. To me, it's just a truck. That new Ford truck don't make me. God makes me. But God knows I got to run over here and talk to this person. I got to run over here and see this person. And I had to go to Santa Fe the other night. And it was a three-hour meeting. And I was on the interstate at 1130 at night. God knew that I needed a truck that wouldn't break down and leave me stranded because I was in his business and in his work. So if you're jealous of my new truck, something wrong with you. God wants to give you one because it's just a truck. God wants to provide for your needs. If you'll let him into your heart, if you'll make him Lord of your life, he'll fill that hole. And that material stuff, it don't mean nothing to me. One time a guy told me, he said, Pastor, where's that brand new Mercedes? I know all you pastors are loaded. Where's that brand new Mercedes? Is it in your garage at home? You got it hidden under a tarp somewhere? I said, no. If God wanted me to have a brand new Mercedes, I'd have one. But I got a brand new truck, and there it is right there. Why? Because I'm in the cowboy business, and I need something to pull a horses here and go pull some cows over there and come get one of you rednecks out of the mud sometimes. Uh, that truck don't make me. God makes me. Can I enlighten you tonight? How much money you got in your pocket? Don't make you. What the title you have on your job, that shouldn't complete you. God should fill that wholeness up. That's what's being whole. I'm, I'm complete tonight. You can be complete tonight. As a true servant of God, when you let him in your heart, I don't want to ramble tonight. I want to teach. God's goal for our life is not money but maturity, not happiness but wholeness, not getting, ooh, this is good stuff, not getting but giving. It's not about how much stuff we can acquire. It's about how much we can give away. It's about how much we can give away. You can't outgive God. We are blessed to be a blessing. Do you understand that? When we open up our homes, when we open up our lives, no one does it better than this church. I'm going to say that. Give yourselves a round of applause. No one does it better than this church. We take up our others' offerings, and then on top of our others' offerings, there's always so many of you fixing somebody's motorcycle, fixing somebody's car, fixing somebody's roof, like going over there and digging a hole and, and, and fixing somebody's electricity, always somebody paying somebody's down payment, always somebody in this church. Nobody gives 
like we give out of this church. That's awesome! That's awesome. You should be happy that you're a giver. That you're not selfish. Because you can't take nothing with you when you go. I had a buddy of mine back home open up a car lot. And it was about to fall apart. He sold into this church. He sent $200. He said, Brother Mark, I've just seen, I've just seen God just bless you. How's that work? I said, because I give everything I get. Because I can't outgive God. He said, how's that work? I said, man, I just trust him. God tells me to empty my wallet, I empty my wallet. God tells me to give this away or give that away. There was a couple in this church. I gave them a car. Two weeks later, they robbed me 10 times in 15 days. I didn't hold that against them. I gave away another car next year. We gave away two cars last year. I'm not going to let somebody's deceitfulness entitle on my giving. But we give because God has blessed us. We give because it's in, in his nature, because he gave so much. So Brother Kenny said, Brother Mark, tell me about this giving, because I want to give. I said, Brother, you sow that seed, you give, and you give to God. You don't have to give it to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. We could sure use it. But you could give it at, to Parkview Baptist Church. You could drop it in a nun's bucket. You could put it in the little red jingle bell thing on Christmas time. You can give wherever you want to give. But when you give, give as given to the Lord, the Bible says. Somebody ought to hear that tonight. Give as you're giving to the Lord. And watch your getting get better. But I don't give to get. I give because it's God's nature. So if I'm wholeness and he's living inside of me, then I, as a servant of God, I want to go and pray with Cindy's dad. I want to let people have the same relationship that I got with God. Why am I going to be selfish? Some of you slave and pour into other people, and you get little in return. Can I share this with you tonight? Your reward is not here. It is in heaven. Some of you got jewels in your crown. Your head going to be all wopsided when you get to heaven because you gave so much while you were here. You're going to see them coming. You're going to oh, there they are right there, boy. They was a giver. You can't outgive God. God is so good and so faithful. In spite of what successful preacher says, God's goal for our lives is not money but maturity, not happiness but wholeness, not getting but giving. God is at work making people more like his son, and that's what Christian service is all about. It's about us becoming more like Jesus. Your purpose in serving isn't to build the biggest church or to build the biggest Sunday school class or the greatest band or the most effective choir. Your purpose is to build. Now watch this. Yours and my purpose is is to build people of Christian character. I was speaking with Donnie and Tammy, and we were talking, and I said, I can't minister to all these people. Donnie, Tammy, I need you to help me minister to these people. Vic and Connie know that. Joe and Linda know that. 
Some of you know that. I can't minister to all these people. There are going to be people that come around you. You need to be ministering to those people. BJ and Lori need to be ministering to a group. Sherry and James need to be ministering to a group. Carl and, Sh and Sarah need to be ministering. Benny and Regina, uh, uh, Tommy and Glenda, we need to be ministering. Danny and Al. People come around us. We are to grow good Christian character in people. Remember I tell you, Rayford, that people are always watching you? They're always listening to you? You're to develop these people into the image of Christ. Frank and Granny, we're getting more senior citizens. What are you doing? Are you reaching out to those people? You got something in common with them. Y'all both, <laughs> both love the Lord. What did you think I was going to say? You both. Test one, two. I've been chastised for so much. But one thing I've learned, the Bible says you must become all things to all people that you might save one. So they give me a hard time, the bikers, if I look like a cowboy. And the cowboys give me a hard time if I look like the bikers. I just thought I'd come in tonight looking like uh, I had shorts on or something. I was going to the beach. The Bible says you should become all things that you might save one. Boy, this is a good lesson tonight. Listen. I'm going to read that again because y'all didn't hear me. Your purpose is to build people of Christian character whom God can bless and use to build others. If Vic and Connie can build others to be a blessing to others, Noyce had only been hanging around y'all a while. They need to move on and go try to be a blessing to somebody else. They need to, Rafer and them been hanging around us a while. You need to move on and try to be a blessing to somebody else. B.J. Lori had been around a few for a while. It's time to move on and try to be a blessing to somebody else. That's how it works. It's not to get in these holy cliques and, 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 and try to outdo the next clique. This is good stuff. I should have saved this for Sunday. You can use all kinds of gimmicks, all kinds of techniques to gather a crowd and build an organization, but that's not the same as building a church. The key idea is to build people of maturity. The individual Christian is born into a family of God and should, and say that, and should mature and become more and more and more like Jesus. If you've been with me for over a year, over a month, over a decade, over six, seven years, you should just be more and more like Jesus. Someone told me the other day, said, Pastor Mark, you're becoming a great preacher. I know I'm just trying to become more and more like Jesus. Loving everybody. Doing what I'm supposed to do. Helping somebody. I looked over today on my way to a restaurant, and I saw someone broke down on the interstate. And I said, Lord, do you want me to help that person? Do I need to turn around? And the Lord didn't give me peace about turning around. But there are so many times in our life God wants us to turn around and stop and help someone. 
as the church body matures, it increases in size. Are we seeing that today? As the church body matures, it increases in size and takes on adult features, adult responsibilities. It too becomes more like Christ. Watch this. As we mature, there's no conflict between sizes. There's no conflict between two Christians. But there is life instead of conflict. There's nothing automatic about spiritual maturity. Paul had to pray for believers, share the word with them, warn them, and watch this, even sometimes discipline them. That's a hard thing to do from the spot I sit in. Getting my elders together and go talk to someone. Well, I was so upset at someone the other day. They were just trying to cause strife, trying to cause friction. Does that make y'all upset? Because it makes me upset. They backbite. They try to cause strife. Man, we're just we're just all sheep, and we shouldn't be jockeying for other sheep's. We're just sheep's. We just follow God. He'll feed us. He'll mature us. He'll grow us. He'll graze us over here for a while. He grazes us over there. But the other day, I, 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 I had to ask a, a, a dear brother of mine, did you do this? Because this person said you did this. And that dear brother of mine said, Pastor Mark, you said to touch two people. I touched them. And I said what you said to say. That person twisted it. That person went and said, they were singling them out. They was calling them out. They weren't coming back to church again. That so broke my heart. All they're doing is trying to cause strife, trying to cause friction. If I tell Janae, hey, y'all touch two people and tell them Jesus loves them, or touch two people and tell them you're lukewarm, get on fire for God, that's not singling you out. Man, that broke my heart because it left me in a bad situation. I had to use church discipline. I had to go and say, hey, man, I need to talk to you. Can you meet me up at the church? Are you singling somebody out? Are you talking about them? No, that's crazy. Well, I didn't think it was in your nature, but I'm pretty sure it may be in that person's nature. Because there's some you can always tell is immature. Shake your head like you know what I'm talking about. Okay, all the rest of you, there's some that are always. Don't fall in that always category. Grow tonight. Grow up. Touch three people and say, grow up. Say, Brother Mark, there's only one around me. Touch that one. If you can't reach nobody, touch yourself on the head and say, grow up. <laughs> I touched myself on the head and said, grow up. There's nothing automatic about spiritual maturity. Paul had to pray for the believers, share the word with them, warn them, and even discipline them to bring them out of babyhood and into adulthood Paul wasn't always successful in helping people mature nor will we be what a great lesson tonight Paul wasn't always helpful in maturing people and neither will we be people are people and you're not God and I'm not God. Wow, what a powerful statement. Well, I've been witnessing to them, Pastor Mark. I've been loving them where they are. 
Well, they're just not getting it. Move on. Jesus didn't wait. He witnessed until you received him or you didn't. He went on across the water and started preaching to somebody else. Show me, Brother Mark. Tell me where is that in the Bible. It says in the Bible that a rich, young ruler came to the Lord and said, Lord, I want to follow you. And the Lord said, foxes have dens and, and other people have a bed to lay their head in. I'm just giving the English version. But me, your Lord and Savior, have no place to call home. Jesus said, sell everything you own and give it to the poor and come follow me. And the rich young ruler said, I can't. I, I got to go bury my dad. You know what Jesus did? He shook his head and he walked on. Paul knew this. Paul was smart enough to know that you are not going to reach everybody. But you will reach some. That's good news tonight. We won't reach everybody, but we will reach some. By being a servant. Pastor Mark is going to touch some people's lives. And some people's lives I'm not going to be able to get into. There's a different church on every corner. I tell people that all the time. If this ain't one ain't for you, go somewhere else. We encourage you to go somewhere else. Find you a good Bible-believing church and get into it. But Paul knew that. Paul knew that. There's nothing automatic about spiritual maturity. Paul had to pray for believers, share the word with them, and try to get them to go from a baby to an adult. Paul wasn't always successful in helping people mature, nor will we be. But with the Lord's help, watch this, say that, with the Lord's help. Say it again. Paul did his best. You and I are to do our best. I've watched Miss Linda just love people over and over again that just wear her out. Poor lady. I think she just attracts them. But it takes one to know one. That's what I always heard. I don't know. <laughs> Paul wasn't always successful in helping people mature. Neither will we be. But with the Lord's help, he did his best. If people fail to mature, the failure is on them, not on Paul. If the ones Miss Linda's been ministering to, they fail to grow up, it's on them, Miss Linda, not on you. That's a hard, hard one for me to tell because I take things personal. I take people's growth personal. A lot of times my wife, she'll see my tears and she'll say, baby, there's nothing you can do about it. They're going to do what they want to do. They're going to say whatever they want to say. If people failed to mature, the failure was on them, not on Paul. The danger is that we exposed, exploit people to get the things done instead of ministering to them so that we're doing things to help them mature. Remember, in God's eyes, the worker is more important than the work. The worker is more important than the work. Who, who's with me on my Holy Hammers ministry? How many times do I say, just come and be, a, even if you don't know how to hammer, even if you don't know how to nail, even if you don't know how to pay, just come fellowship. Brady comes up sometimes and brings brisket. I ain't never seen Brady hang no sheetrock or no walls, but the brisket always helps. <laughs> I'm not a very good carpenter anymore. One day I used to be, but I know how to do a lot of things, but I just like being with the guys sometimes. 
Sometimes I can't be there all the time. I've got to trust them and got to move on. i got stuff i got to do. But I just like being around them. Why? Because those workers, they're more important than this building. This building's going to fall apart in a few years anyway. Termites and rust and dust and storms. It's going to get this building someday. The Bible says that all things will fade away. But what about the worker on the building? I was so heartbroken about one of our workers on our building. I heard that the devil got him the other day, and it just broke my heart. He's back out there working for Satan instead of working for the Lord. I asked myself, what could I have done? Some of you may be asking yourself, what can you do? Well, we can love them when they show up to this church. You can make an appointment to stop what you're doing. The work is important, but not as important as the worker. How many have been working on a building out here with me and have an opportunity to minister to somebody, to talk to somebody, to pray with somebody, to encourage somebody? Those are the good times. You'll forget the length of the board, but you'll never forget when you led that brother to the Lord, when he stopped him from committing suicide. We were working around here the other day. We were working around here, and, and I had to run to town to get some stuff. And Vicky texted me and said, hey, me and Lita's running over here into the neighborhood. There, there's a kid wanting to commit suicide. We'll be back in a minute. We all had work to do, but the worker was more important than building our website, than writing our message. Paul knew that, folks. You need to know that the work is important, but the worker is very important. I'm almost done. Anybody get anything out of this? Say amen. If the worker is what he or she ought to be, the work will be done right and pleasing to God. If the worker is what he or she should be, then the worker, the work will be pleasing to God. That's good news tonight. People ministering in mature ways when they know what to do and how to do and why they're doing it, and how this work fits into their plan and how they fit into God's plan. Of course, there's motives, but those motives must be to glorify God, not to glorify ourselves. Trusting people into jobs without first giving them preparation is like throwing a non-swimmer into an ocean without a life jacket. I read another book called Ten Stupid Ways to Ruin My Church, and man, I had failed at every one of those ways. One of the things in that book said to marry somebody before you date them a while. Date them. That's what I said, didn't I? I didn't. Oh. Date them before you marry them. I didn't do that very good. I just get excited because they were here to help. But I really didn't date them. I didn't get to know them. And sometimes those people turned out to be a nightmare to this ministry. Now I take my time, sometimes not always, but better than I used to be. When a new worker comes, when a new person comes, we need to get to know them. We need to show them God. We need to get them into unity. We need to take them out to eat. We need to fellowship. We need to find out what their agenda is. We need to hear their heart. We need to know what brought them here and why they're still here. We don't just need to throw them out there into a ministry and let them take off. How many see me go through wrecks when I do that? Don't raise your hand. I'll come out there. No. Vic, you all, boy, I'll come back. <laughs> Vic knows because I go over there and cry on his porch. 
But if we don't walk beside people and mature people, I've seen where Oni put a post out there about Brother Noyce praying for some motorcyclists the other night. If only we could all mature to the point where God is being fully developed in our lives, where we're true servants of Him. That's my prayer for each of you tonight. The importance of that is getting right with God first. Are you right with God tonight? If you want to be a servant of God, you've got to be right with Him. I was talking to some folks the other day. You've got to be all in or all out. Because God don't want either or. He wants one or the other. Who believes that tonight? Let's pray together. Lyle, would you come and close us in prayer, my brother? Work day is next Saturday. I didn't make that announcement this morning either. Work day is next Saturday. So everybody tell everybody, huh? Well, they're going to do it Wednesday. Wednesday, final, everything has to be paid for Kima. Wednesday, final, because we're going to order for Kima. Kids are going to Kima the next Monday. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come here and uh, just continue to hear your word, Lord. And just thank you for the special message um, that Pastor Mark brought tonight, Lord, just to help us to uh, to become more mature and more like you and perfect in all, all the ways that you would have us to be, to be able to minister to those around us and let them see Jesus Christ in our lives and, and accept them into their. Father God, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.